It's Friday, energy is high, and we're ready to dive in. I'm Shane Keel, Chief Edutainment Officer at Enrollify, and every other week, Mickey Baines and I will discuss how institutions can take high-level strategies and tactics and implement them into their enrollment marketing strategy in a practical way. Grab your coffee, open your notes, it's time for Fanatical Fridays. Hello and welcome to episode 62 of Fanatical Fridays. I'm here with Mickey Baines as always. Mickey, how are you doing? Um, we rec- Well, this is Fanatical Fridays. We, we record on a Friday. I'll say, therefore, it is a Friday, but it feels like a Tuesday. Been traveling for a while. I've, this is the first time I've traveled on back-to-back trips um, since before the pandemic. And anyone that communicates with me directly via email would have seen that in my out-of-office. I always leave some kind of cutesy out-of-office other than <laughs> I am not here, wait three days. Um, yeah. Uh, and and so this is the first time since really 2019 when I had to do back-to-back trips. Now, this one was a vacation and one was a work trip. But I got home uh, really, really late Monday night, early morning, Tuesday morning. Was home for 45 minutes, unpacked, repacked, left for an airport, uh, and went out to a conference, um, to, to speak, uh, and be a part of a panel and got home, but it's been a fast week. Uh, would like to go back in time and yeah. get more things done, but <laughs> it, it is Friday and we'll appreciate the Friday. I think many people can probably relate to that. And I think that's a, maybe a loose segue into, but maybe a good one into our topic today, which is chat GPT and thinking about work and getting work done faster and more efficiently. And, yes. Uh, ChatGPT has certainly, you know, taken over the social media news cycle for sure. And it's kind of all the rave in a bunch of different uh, categories, industries, um, pretty much everything. And so thinking about ChatGPT, I'd love to know your rough experience with the tool. How much have you messed around with it? Where did you maybe start? Where did you end up? Where are you today? Um, and give us, you know, a little, a little sense of that and what you've maybe learned in, in playing around with the tool a little bit. So I, I, I have experimented uh, several times at this point with it, um, some professional stuff, some personal stuff, some blended uh, use cases. Um, I have it up on my computer now to, to help remind me what I've done with it. Um, and I think I can give you some examples, and I think maybe a little later we can come back to these and, and, and talk more detail about them, but I'll give you some examples. Um some and, uh, and some of these came back with good results. Some of them did not. Um, mm-hmm. um, I asked Jet GPT to talk to me or explain to me about CRM integrations. Hmm. Um, I've asked it to write a job description. Um, I've asked it to find um, three last-minute New York City hotels that are five-star or above that have vacancies. Wow. Not because I stay at five-star places. Just I was <laughs> testing it to see what it has. Uh, and uh, just today, um, two things. First one is not something I've done, but something I came across that I shared on LinkedIn. And anybody that follows me on LinkedIn would see it. Found this um, video, Ryan Reynolds, that Ryan Reynolds, um, <laughs> doing an ad for his company, Mint Mobile, who asked GPT to write the script for it. So I shared that video in there. Go see that video. It's it's a It's two minutes. And it's and it's funny and scary. 
And so that actually gave me the idea. And this is, I think, really relevant for all the listeners. Um, I asked it. Let me pull up specifically what I asked ChatGPT. Can you write a college application essay that talks about the life of Mickey Baines, includes a joke, and has a warm, sincere ending? Now, I think we can come back and talk about why I asked those particular things. But I thought it would be fun to maybe share the screen so people can actually see it because this is a video podcast. But I'm going to read it um, for those who are only listening. Uh, And then I think, Shane, you said we can share this on the Enrollify um, episode page so you'll see it. So let me share the screen. And now I'm going to read this. This is the college essay that ChatGPT wrote for me. When I think of someone who has truly lived life to the fullest, Mickey Baines immediately comes to my mind, or comes to mind, sorry. I first met Mickey when I was a sophomore in high school, and he was already a legend on our campus. He was the kind of person who could make anyone laugh, and he was always up for an adventure. Mickey was born with a rare genetic condition, not true, by the way, (laughs) that left him a shortened lifespan, left him with a shortened lifespan, but he refused to let that hold him back. Instead, he lived every day as if it were his last. He traveled the world, tried every kind of food imaginable, and even learned how to skydive. Watching him live his life so fearlessly inspired me to do the same. One of my favorite memories of Mickey is from our senior year of high school. Our school was holding a talent show, and Mickey decided to participate. He got up on stage and started singing a song, but halfway through, he suddenly stopped and shouted, Wait! This is terrible. Then he ripped off his shirt to reveal a Superman costume underneath and started dancing to I Will Survive. The audience was in hysterics, and I remember thinking I had never seen anyone so fearless. Mickey passed away shortly after we graduated from high school, but his memory has stayed with me all these years. Whenever I'm faced with a difficult decision or a scary situation, I think of Mickey and how he would have approached it. He lived his life with such warmth and sincerity and I strive to do the same. In many ways, I feel that I owe it to Mickey to make the most of my own life. That's why I'm applying to your college. I want to continue to learn and grow, and I know that your school will provide me with the opportunities to do just that. I also believe that I can contribute to your community in meaningful ways, just as Mickey did for our high school. In closing, I'll leave you with one of Mickey's favorite jokes. Why did the tomato turn red? Because it saw the salad dressing. <laughs> I know that Mickey would have loved to share that one with you. Thank you for considering my application, and I hope to hear from you soon. I don't know. What are your thoughts? What are your immediate thoughts when you hear that? It started off a little bit like a eulogy and then ended a yeah. little more college application-y, but, and obviously not the most accurate. But I think it's a good example of how much the prompt matters in kind yes. of what you get out of it. And, you know, it goes a little off guard and pulls in some incorrect information. So you can't just yes. take Jet GPT as gospel. Otherwise, I don't think we'd be doing this podcast together because according to this, you have a genetic disorder and you're dead. But that's right. Um, R.I.P. Mickey, in fact, my team, <laughs> yeah. as I shared this with my team, uh, there were a lot of good jokes and, and meetings yeah. and gifts that were uh, shared by them on it. Um, yeah. And to be clear, and so I don't, I think it just made this story up. But what I will say um, that is accurate in this. Um, I was in a talent show my senior year of high school. I won that show. Um, I did not sing and I did <laughs> not dance. I did an impersonation of our high school principal. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I 
but it's, it got that part somehow correct. Um, you know, I've not, I've not tried every food imaginable, but I like food as well, but it was just interesting to see and wonder, did it just somehow by coincidence talk about a talent show or did it somehow find real information about various Mickey yeah. Baines in the world right. and pulled that together? I will also tell you that I gave it the prompt and it generated this essay uh, in a matter of 20 seconds, 30 seconds yeah. tops um, was what it took for it. And you can see it as it's writing it out feverishly. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was how fast it occurred. Yeah. Yeah, it is. That is crazy. And I think that's one of the things, you know, a lot of people have have shared is depending on how much content is out there about you or the person you want to write on mm-hmm. their behalf, it's much easier, right? If you're somebody who's very prolific with writing all the time, your your story and your tone is out there. It's obviously way easier to kind of craft something around you. Um, yes. No offense to you know you, but if Ryan Reynolds did the same thing for himself, I'm yes. sure it could craft something very, very similar to you know Ryan's actual experiences Correct. and things like that because there's so Correct. much out there. But um, yeah, I think you know as a as a random rough start, there's at least something to work with there. And and um, yeah, that's that's really can you funny. before two months ago, could you have fathomed that you could go into a browser and give the prompt? Can you write a college application essay that talks about a person's name, includes a joke and a warm, sincere ending and think that that could produce yeah. that? Like yeah. that, wow. that evolution, um, it's been happening probably for a while behind the scenes, right? Right. But to, to, to think that I could ask a computer, a server, and, and include things like a joke or, or emotions or feelings like warm, sincere ending. And that it could interpret that and develop it to me is pretty amazing, you know. And and I mentioned earlier some of the other things that I'd asked it to do. So like my integration piece, um, I thought, well, let me just see. I want to write a blog because that's one of the ways I've seen people talk about it. You're using right. it to write blogs now. So I put in you know some CRM integration challenges and things. And and what I'll say uh, about that is. It, when you, if you're looking for like blog purposes, this is my experience. So I've tried several other things since then too. Um, I think it can get you started. If you use just what it produces, it's not going to be effective. I think this right. would be a good college application essay because it, it's 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 got some incorrect pieces to it. Uh, but let's just say that the life of Mickey Baines was accurate. Yeah, it's written not like a college student. I think it is written like a good high school student would write. Um, and so I think from that. But yeah, maybe. But when you think about blog content or other types of things about your institution, what I found in that was it gave me a, a good piece that was only for me about 40% of the way there. It includes mm-hmm. some information that I would not have been able to explain well because I'm not an integration specialist. Uh, and so what I then took that and, and then I added a whole lot, more than doubled it, explained everything that it said, and then had to hand it to one of my team members to review and edit to be sure is accurate. Mm-hmm. That probably saved us an hour and a half or two hours of time because otherwise I would have had to have the integration person write it. Right. Then I have to go and review and edit for the marketing purposes and then hand it back to them and say, hey, did I mess this up so much that it's out of context or incorrect? And it saved us that amount of time probably for that. I've also used it, I mentioned for a job description. And by the way, this is, I'm about to tell you how I used it for a client that I did not charge the client for because it was just too simple. They needed yeah. a job description. 
Uh, and I asked chat GPT to give me a job description and it was probably 70% of the way there. I, wow. I think it, uh, it was an, actually a really good job description. It is, it was not higher education focused. So I had mm-hmm. to go in and rewrite it. I moved some sections around how I typically like them to be, uh, and then ch- and change it to be sure at higher ed. And, and I said, don't use this, but here's a sample. Yeah. Um, and here's how I got the sample to be clear. Uh, I gave, I, I credited the tool, you know, got to give the right credit where credit's due. Uh, and I did that, but it was very interesting um, to see that come out and, and I can compare it to other ones I've had on file in the past and doggone if it's not pretty accurate uh, yeah. looking at that. And so I think there's some good use cases. I think it can get you started when you don't have a starting point, but you still can't go into thinking, oh, I just put a closing into it. You need to verify it just like right. it about my life in here, verify the information. <laughs> and then I think you still need to rewrite it in your words and tone. Uh, and mm-hmm. until you can figure out how to prompt GPT to, to give yourself the tone or give it the tone you really want. Um, and I think we will learn over time and it probably will improve over time. Yeah. And that's one of those things when I was first kind of digging around with the tool, you know, I was messing with it for, for personal reasons and then thought like, you know, is this something that could be a school could use, um, to churn out content or even get, you know, small snippets of information that could be added to program mm-hmm. pages, whatever it might be. And I took, uh, one of our DD agencies clients, um, and one of their specific graduate programs. And I just entered in the thing, you know, write me a 1000 word, um, blog post on real estate management, the value of getting a master's degree in it, career outcomes. Once you have the master's with expectations of, you know, salary and roles and responsibilities for someone new into the field and include, I had done a little keyword research, include these three keywords, um, as much as possible. And it spit out something that I was, you know, pretty pleased with. I think it just mm-hmm. lacked the tone and style that you would want and the, yep. and the person, which it's also, you know, so early in the infancy of, of this technology, as far as where it can go. Um, you know, what it spit out, I was shocked by, uh, cause I was expecting something more bullet point sentences of just like, imagine reading it in a computer voice. Yeah. And it was, it was pretty good and just required a little bit of that finessing to add the tone, add more about the university in particular. And then yeah, do need to double check the facts. Cause that's one of those things that they've even said, I think they pull a lot of data from maybe 2020, 2021. So salary yeah. information, you know, sometimes not the most accurate and things like that. But, um, Man, if that doesn't save you time, I don't know. I don't know what's going to. It feels like you have no excuse to not not be blogging anymore. All righty. We're going to play a game, guys. Okay. So, first and foremost, get a pen, get a paper, pull out your notes app on your phone, whatever it might be. Okay. Got it? Great. All right. What keywords does your website currently rank for? Take a couple seconds, right? One, two, three, four. I give you a few, not just a couple. What doesn't it rank for that you think it should rank for? Okay, one, two, three, four. Now, what are a few keyword opportunities that you could be winning on if you just simply tweaked some of your existing website copy? Got it? Okay, how'd you do? Ooh, not so hot. Not sure what you can, what you're currently ranking for, or not sure what you could be ranking for. Well, that's okay because our friends at DD Agency want to help you answer all of these questions. DD Agency is a higher ed specific marketing technology agency that has conducted countless SEO audits for colleges and universities across the country. In these audits, they detail where you currently rank, what you could be ranking for, exactly how copy should be tweaked on website pages, and so 
much more. If this sounds like something that you could benefit from, give the guys at DD Agency a ping and be sure to mention that Enrollify sent you to claim a 10% discount on any of their SEO offerings. So head on over to enrollify.org forward slash DDASEO, that's DDA as in DD Agency, SEO, or simply follow the link in the show notes below. That will guarantee you get a 10% discount off of your audit. All right, head on over to enrollify.org slash DDASEO, or simply Google DD Agency, find DD Agency's website, and be sure to mention that you heard about them through Enrollify when you request your audit. All right, folks, back to the show. Producing regular content, like you you should be able to get content out. Again, you still have to do work to add your tone and write because if everybody's doing the same blog content, uh, it's going to look very similar. Right. Uh, and, and remember, I think it was the week or two weeks after this launched, the article about the Princeton grad uh, who yeah. spent a weekend rewriting code that would help find and identify if the text was written by ChatGPT. Mm-hmm. So in a week, I don't know how long it took to create ChatGPT, but in a weekend, right. someone wrote code that with over 90% accuracy could identify and say this was created by the generative programming yeah. language, whatever. It's like, so uh, So just keep that in mind. And that's why you really, right. really need to be sure you're reading this and putting the right tone for it. But imagine if you used to spend four hours writing it and now you're spending two. That yeah. just doubled your content creation timeline, mm-hmm. the amount of content in, in, in your timeline. So if it's used to be four hours uh, a month, you know, for a post, now you're getting two posts out in a month. If that yeah. was in a week, now that's two a week. You should be able to, you know, think about that from a content standpoint. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, Even- I thought, very, very interesting. Uh, and I think since, you know, I, Shane, you, you mentioned uh, and queued us up to have this topic several weeks back. And, and also since that time, you know, we're, we're coming off and I think this was really, you know, to give you context of when we're recording this, uh, like two weeks ago, I think it was the, the mm-hmm. news article about the LSU track athlete um, with uh, her NIL name image likeness contracts uh, to promote things was promoting uh, AI as a way to help her with our college students, not her, to help college students with their homework. Yeah. Now, you know, there's some real scary pieces there. Um, and that might even scare others on your campus from wanting you to use it for real purposes, right? Um, because of that concern. But you know, I think you know there's there there's some dangers in how it can be used. Uh, I think as we continue to evolve, there will be more ways to identify if certain languages is pulled from the internet for professors. But um, it would be interesting to see how that progresses. You know, before all of this, there was you know there are tools like Turnitin. Um, that um, schools mm-hmm. use to um, assess the original, um, assess the content for its originality uh, and, and kind of determine what likelihood or what portions or percentage of a particular document was fully original versus pulled from some other source without proper uh, credit. So, you know, I think that we'll, we'll come into this a bit more and we'll see how this plays out for the academic side of things for sure in the yeah. coming months. And yeah, years. I think... You know, one of the other things I was thinking about too, of just it's, it's a different way of accessing information in the day of, you know, almanacs and things like that, a little, little pre my time. Oh, yes. um, but then yes. right now, now you have the internet and you have Google and I can just go look up a stat in two seconds 
and people, oh, that's cheating. Uh, you know, right? It's it's is this just the next kind of iteration of that on a much larger scale a, where it needs to be more refined appropriate for sure. use of it, right? Of yeah. Not saying write my paper for me, helping right. you find the stats and references for your paper. Yep. Um, I this I think will will help. I I will admit, you know, I Google was not around when I was in college. Um, so I'm dating myself a little bit there. Um, and, and because I didn't grow up as a native Google search person, um, I, I never fully learned and I'm not always great at getting results, um, the way exact results I want, but I've done much better with chat GPT and I'm not, you know, I don't know if that's has anything to do with my age, the way I like to normally search, but, um, but it, it makes me more comfortable finding some things it makes me think mm-hmm. about that more not well you know outside of this industry you know i know google's working hard behind the scenes to have their own you know yeah chat gbt uh tool was it called bard i think it's called yep um you know so we'll see how that competes because that's going to change how we search it's actually mm-hmm. going to change how we search i do like the idea from a college student to using it more appropriately to help you find better um more references for some of the material that might be a little more challenging to find in right. um, in Google. Of course, giving credit where credit's due is really important uh, in that. Right. But um, yeah, yeah, and that's I mean very similar to you know I think we went through a fa- or at least when I this was probably in high school maybe for me or at least this is when I started hearing about it because you're writing papers more. But like using Wikipedia to you know learn about world war ii and then just copying and pasting a bunch of stuff in there and be like i did my paper right and it's like this is the new version of that where it can collect a lot of the raw materials for you it can put it in a format that you could copy and paste and submit but you shouldn't here's why like there are there are layers to the complexity yeah. and, and the security of it now but um you know it's it's very similar of how do we just how does a, a workaround get put into place where it hands you basically the raw materials you need to write a paper in whatever format and then you can go and take that and rather than spending hours flipping through and trying to find information you have all the information at your disposal now it's up to you to craft it in a way that's you know personal and custom to how you write to how you think the flow you want etc um i know some students just want every every shortcut they can get but i think the way that this tool will be used best is kind of in that format um and reduce again the redundancy of content because switching over to you know, an enrollment marketer's context too is writing blog content. If you enter a, a pretty vague, you know, give me a blog post about why you should go pursue a degree in Virginia, right? And it's like, well, mm-hmm. there are a bunch of other schools in Virginia. What if they use the same prompt? You guys are going to have the yeah. same exact blog post yes. uh, because you asked this tool to spit it out for you and yep. you didn't customize it at all. Yep. You know, people are going to start getting in some, some trouble for that. So I think that's one thing to, to think about. Very much. Uh, and, you know, it's the same thing. You, you, Look, if you want um, your students to use this appropriately, we should be using it appropriately. And again, mm-hmm. um, and asking it a prompt, letting it produce a post and then just copying and pasting it, that is not you writing, right? Um, right? And, so, and so, yes, we use it to start something, but then you have to really go through and spend time to edit and make it your own because, you know, it's, you will have duplicated content on the web if you don't do that, that is, mm-hmm. it's going to happen. You don't want to be right. those that are, that are found having that duplicated content. Um, and yeah. so it is really important here that you uh, think about the prompts, adding specificity to it, and then confirming fact checking and adding your right tone and message to it. 
This is not mm -hmm. replacing all the time. It might shorten your time, um, but it is a definitely a tool that um, can support the work. It just should not be replacing. Time. Yeah. Yeah. So thinking about maybe a couple other ways that, mm -hmm. you know, people in marketing, enrollment, admissions, anybody can really use this. You know, what are some other examples? I think one of the things that come to mind for me is like, and I tested this out um, internally was with uh, subject lines for emails yes. and for marketing and just thinking, you know, give me a catchy mm -hmm. subject line that's, you know, 10 words long that invites somebody to an open house and kind of just getting it to spit out a couple of things. Mm -hmm. Again, some are good, some are terrible, but it gives you options. And at least it's a starting point where you may not even use any of those 10, but you might take them and, all right, let me finesse this one, this one together a little bit more. This sounds better. I'm going to run with this, um, where there's a little more, again, not long form content, but you're using it for quicker, more digestible content to help you get started there. Any other thoughts on on ways that you know people in in education can use this to really help at really any point um, you know in a student life cycle from marketing to admissions to even student success? So uh, I think there there are several things that we can do. You, I like your idea for this for the subject lines. Um, I think you can probably use it in other ways. Like what are the right keywords? Yeah. If I'm looking for factual information to, to include in a post, um, what is the job placement rate of students graduating with a degree in insert degree? The and by the way, keep in mind, this is not you ask it one question, it gives an answer. You can have follow-up questions behind it and it goes deeper. Mm -hmm. And so in that, that's where it might be, you follow the question, where did you find this information? To get some links and sources. Yep for verification, um, but finding that type of information that you might have. And again, that might be even in a snippet of something, but it's also then to give you some of that. You can also ask it for imagery. So when you're thinking about that, if you're looking for a very specific image that you're trying to have to visualize something, um, you can go into some detail there and ask for imagery. Now, again, you got to find the source and give credit. But um, if you're looking for something like visual that you don't have, you might be able to do that. Um, and so I think that's going to be one of those areas that will help support not just marketing content creation, but other mm -hmm. purposes and use cases, finding things that you haven't been able to track down before. I mean, I, again, I'm not a great Google searcher, but when I've looked for images in the past, uh, sometimes it might take me 20 minutes sorting through images to find the right one. Yeah. But imagine asking a question, seeing some answers, fine tuning that question three times. And next thing you know, it's spitting out a really good uh, answer or giving you two or three really spot on images that you're looking for um, yeah. that with the proper credit you can then use um, as needed. Yeah. Your and I, and I think that kind of follow-up point, again, the chat, the, why chat GPT, right? The chat component of being able to build upon the search allows you to, I like these, but I want more of this. Like it's, yes. I want it with a blue background though. Is there anything like that? And, and being yes. able to kind of go with, whereas with, Google, you're typing in something, you don't find it. Mm -hmm. You can add some words onto the end of your search, but that's still like, you can't be entering two paragraphs and you can't enter a follow-up yes. to that search. And this allows you to kind of really go through more of an iter iterative yep. process to your search yes. um, rather than just a one and done. That wasn't it. That's either yes or no, you got the information, then start over, right? And that's that's kind of the Google world of things where it's a little bit harder to um, kind of grow off of an, an original search and, yes. and really kind of well, and so down what you want. And so as of the, this week of this recording, Salesforce, the largest CRM company in the world, announced that they have added a, what is described to be a very powerful 
uh, chat GPT functionality within their CRM. Earlier this week, uh, HubSpot, another CRM company, um, and mm-hmm. announced that they have a product called ChatSpot um, yeah. that can plug into your CRM. And so when you think of other use cases, if your CRM provider has these tools, I'll just, I, can, I haven't seen the Salesforce one, so I can't talk to that one. I've seen the one that HubSpot does. You can, uh, in that, instead of going and creating a new record in, in your CRM, which everybody that on the admission side can do, um, but instead of you know clicking new and then typing in first name and going to type in last name, this is mm-hmm. one line, uh, create contact, entering the student's name, comma, um, email address, comma, phone number, comma, mailing address, and just hit enter, and it just populates all this field. It's like yeah. information like that. You can ask it, what high school did Shane Keel attend? And it'll mm-hmm. pull that in case you need it. Or what's the guidance counselor's name and email address for Shane Keel? Rather than going searching for the person, finding it, just ask the question, and it starts to pull that. Yeah. Um, you can you can say, email Shane Keel's guidance counselor. I mean, and it yeah. just, boom, starts up an email. Dear Ms. Smith. Right. And then you can type from there. Um, yeah. You know, all those things that you would have to do one step at a time. Uh, granted, that's not mind-blowing, but if you think about expediting time, and we still go to college fairs, we don't always walk away with an electronic list. There's some people coming back with cards that have to manually be entered. Um, you know, and way long ago, schools would have to enter those one record at a time. Since then, some people probably still do, but for our clients, typically what we create is what I call an internal form that is behind a gated wall, like a portal or something. And then they go to that form and, and I get all the cards and I just fill out one student's name and hit submit. It populates, uh, creates a record for them. You go to the next one and that makes it a little faster. But now this is even faster than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not clicking from any fields on a form or fields in a contact record. It's one line. You enter the information and it knows where to populate it. So I yeah. think, you know, we'll find those ways to be more time-saving um, tools um, that mm-hmm. you have at your disposal. And you'll find your other technology like that incorporating this type of technology in, inside of it. Yeah. And I think too, uh, as you mentioned, I mean, th- the bigger theme seems to just be efficiency, right? Of like everything yes. can happen a little bit faster, a little bit easier, a little bit better. Um, yes. And thinking about data as well, right? And being able to use it in conjunction with your CRM of asking it questions of like, you know, of our enrolled students in 2023, mm-hmm. give me a breakdown of them by their home state, right? And then you can see, okay, great. Here's yes. where people are coming from. Here's where I need to market exactly. more, market less. Give me a breakdown of, you know, of all the people that applied and then at, who ended up actually coming, what what states had the highest percentage. And like, you can just use the data and you can get these things where you could do it manually. Yep. Nobody has the time or wants to go play in Excel for four hours to find that data. And now you can just oh, ask absolutely it a right. question and get it. Yes. And so I think you, I can give you lots of these examples. Um, uh, I'm an admissions counselor. Uh, and so I can go create a list of everybody from uh, uh, prospective high school students in our CRM from a particular state, from a particular school, which at GPT, show me all students from John Smith High School in New York City. Mm-hmm. Just throws them right out there. I could go a little step further. Create an email to all students attending yeah. this that says, and you give it the text, and the email can be created. Yeah. That's now, now we're talking something different. Now we're something talking more powerful. Um, show me how many students from John Smith High School in New York City enrolled fall 2021. 
or what percentage of students inquired and then applied and then enrolled from John C. Smith High School. Like, I don't know that all those GPT GPT, uh, systems inside the CRM set are being created right now for version 1.0, maybe 0.5 version. Like, I don't know what all will have that capability, but that's where it's going to go. And so when we think about all the reports and, and think about this, you know, Regardless of the CRM that you use, and I'll just I'll I'll say slate for right now, but configurable joins. That's the big term when you're when you're doing complex reporting, pulling data from all the different objects, they call it conf- configurable joins. But think of how much effort has to go into learning that way to, to build your reports. Right. And just think of the future at some point when you have uh, GPT out there that will let you just ask the question and it does all the work behind the scenes for right. you. It learns what tables and objects those types of data points will be. And it knows how to uh, configure and join them together in the right way to give you that information. Now we're talking, you know, hours of some staff's lives spent daily, weekly, monthly, trying to build these reports, update reports, Mm -hmm. pulling data into spreadsheets. Imagine being able to just ask the question uh, into the computer and it spits out to you. Yeah, all that data collection time yes. then just goes right back into, you know, the, the focus on yes. increasing those numbers rather than let's gather all the numbers, let's make yep. sure they're accurate, let's do all these things. Yes. And just eliminating that creates so much efficiency for your marketing team, your admissions team, kind of everybody, um, which is just wild to think about. I think the big thing so that you don't end up like Mickey with Google is get on the train now, start figuring out how you can use it in, you know, the 1.0 so that when it goes to 2.0, you're not having to catch up on a year's worth of stuff for, you know, six months worth of stuff. And you can really kind of continue to grow with the tool so that you have a really good understanding because if it grows and it seems like it's growing, you know, very quickly. And I was reading something the other day, I think there's 500 startups with uh, generative AI kind of in their main description in the last mm-hmm. six months, which is just insane. Right. And so, you know, everything in time and energy is going towards this and, um, making sure that you understand it so that you can continue to leverage it because it is only going to save you time. And, um, I think that's, you know, always a big barrier for people is investing that initial time, but it's, it seems like it's going to be an investment even, you know, higher returns than, than anything else yes. we've seen in, in recent history. So this is making me, I'm like, <laughs> I have to type some of this down as ideas of things I got to remember before yeah. I forget them because I won't remember. Um, but I think that's, there's, there's hopefully folks are listening and thinking, Oh, you know what? Oh, that's a good idea. Maybe that. Uh, and I think that's what we're trying to do is to give you some of these ideas of, of ways across. We talked to marketing, we've talked a little bit admissions and, and some mm-hmm. CRM stuff. We've talked data and reporting and those, I think that's going to continue to grow and evolve. Uh, there'll be other use cases. Uh, you know, we're just talking recruitment admissions right now. There's, there's other use cases for other departments out there. Yep. Um, show me everyone that completed a fast for the last week. Um, you know, those types of that type of, uh, useful information you you might get into student success. Um, imagine, imagine having student success in your CRM. Now this, I'm going on the future. Do not make (laughs) purchasing decisions, uh, based on what we're throwing out here right now, but imagine which students are in most need of academic support or academic tutoring this week. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that, we, we're probably quite a ways away from that. That's sure. clear. But I mean, when I say quite a ways, it could be a year or two. Right. Um, but yeah. And, and in order, and it's not going to be any chat GBT, it's not going to be any school that can have it. You're going to need probably some 
will vary based upon the technology you have. A lot of it's going to vary based upon what data you have that it can reference. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and not just data, consistently collected data, accurate data. So yep. keep this in mind. So when we're throwing out some good ideas, what's behind the scenes of that is that access. What's behind the scenes of, of chat GPT um, telling the story of my life and me being dead versus being alive <laughs> is a consistent amount of accurate information online to pull from. Yeah. Which is why if we were doing it on Ryan Reynolds, it would be more accurate and more consistent with his life. Well, I don't know if it'd be accurate or not. It'd be cons- accurate based on what's online. So yeah. Right. The gossip stuff out there. But, yeah, yeah, you know, that that it would pull from that. And so that's how it's getting that information. So if you do not have systems that connect to these types of tools that have data that's consistently in the tool, it mm-hmm. won't give you information or it might give you wrong information. Right. Yep. And so keep that in mind that, that yeah. while the power is big, the results and outcome from that power can be great, good, great, yeah. or it can be bad, great. Um, right. So that's, yeah, that that's a good, that's a good point because yeah, if you're only collecting, you know, basic form submission data, but not collecting sources that they came from and the amount of, you know, digital ad spend that you had and all these other kind of pre-inquiry data points, let's say, because I think most people are mm-hmm. good after that for the most part at a basic level. The more you start collecting now, the more yeah. you can ask it, right? It's it's predictive modeling, right? You, you yeah. can't build it off of what happened yesterday. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. We got 10 leads yesterday. That means we're going to get 10 leads every day. That's not how it works, right? And so Correct. but if you have three years of really good data, you start collecting all that data now, that's more that you can just throw into a system and kind of give it a like, hey, help build us an enrollment marketing plan for the year. Yeah. Um, yes. And it can give you a, hey, spend this amount here, spend this amount there. And it, it can spit out, again, it's going to be the same as the blog post. Don't take it as gospel and slap your logo right. on it and send it to everybody at, that works at your institution. But um, that serves as a pretty good basis point with a lot of data back decision making that you can then tailor to be custom to you. But it got you pretty far and, and based all of it in data that you would have to go look up yourself and cross reference and get from different departments and that whole thing. You know, there's a million hoops to jump through there that it can pretty much streamline for you. I think if you can start thinking and considering now, if you know you you have a CM that has this functionality coming soon, or you're going to have it. Um, if you start thinking about the things that you want it to be able to do, when you go into that configuration component to that, it can help drive and ensure that it's doing those types of things. So, so another idea just came to my mind. Um, I got a pretty good uh, thing in the mail this week. When's the last time you talked about something cool you got in yeah, there? Right? I was going to say. Uh, so it's from a friend of mine who has a, a marketing agency, um, does a lot of email marketing and sent out um, this calendar. Best okay. days of the week for each day of the year to send out email. Huh. Which days had the best engagement, which days had okay engagement and which had the worst. Uh, now you might be thinking, oh, how, how accurate is that? And in fact, by the way, it's two-sided. One is actually, this is not just higher ed. So everyone that's higher ed started, oh, I got to get me on my hands yeah. on that. Um, it's it's all industries. It's not industry specific. And one side of it is for business to consumer and one for business to business. Hmm. So they treat it differently. And they compiled this information based on fifty um, over 50,000 campaigns that um, delivered more than 7 billion messages. Wow. So it's based on a lot of data. data. Yeah. But imagine in your CRM, this is my idea that we're, this gave me the idea of, of our conversation. Imagine your CRM to say, what's the best day of the week to send this email? 
to this specific audience even. Yes. Right. Like, yes. Yes. Yeah. What's the best day to email prospective high school juniors? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that there's your use case. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Mike that's, dropped. Yes. Uh, there we go. Like, but that's, you know, again, if you know that that's the direction you want to be able to go with it, you know that then you've got to really ensure that your system is logging every message. Right. And you might be saying, well, it's already doing that. But when it logs it, is it really, can you go in and, and say, show Reference me every it. email yeah. sent, uh, what day of the week every email was sent that we've sent out? Mm -hmm. You know, and then that's, and, and are you emailing high school juniors? Do you have noted in your system who's a high school junior? If you don't yeah. have that, it's not going right. to give you the yeah. answer. The, all the data is the prerequisite. Yeah. Data is the prerequisite to be able to do there this. There you go. I love it. Awesome. Well, hopefully you all found this helpful. Again, massive tool growing by the day. Hopefully it's not outdated by the time this episode comes out. Um, but thank you all for listening. Uh, it's been episode 62 of Fanatical Fridays. We hope to see you again in two weeks. Two weeks. Thanks, everyone. Hey all Zach from Enrollify here. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Fanatical Fridays with Mickey Baines. If you like this episode, do us a huge favor and hit that follow and subscribe button below. Furthermore, if you've got just two minutes to spare, we would greatly appreciate you leaving a rating and a review of this show on Apple Podcasts. Our podcast network is growing by the month, and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. But Enrollify is far more than just a podcast network. Enrollify is where higher ed comes to learn new marketing skills, discover new products and services, and find their next job. We're a growing learning community of 4,000 members, and we'd love to welcome you into the fold. You can access our free blog articles, newsletters, e-courses, and more, or purchase our master course on how to market a university with Terry Flannery at enrollify.org. We look forward to meeting you soon and welcoming you into the community. Again, you can subscribe for free at enrollify.org.